live from Queensland, Australia, it's... Speak away, bruv. A show where two brothers just shoot, shoot the, the breeze. breeze. My name's Bailey. And my name's Cooper. So let's speak away, y'all. Woohoo. Yeehaw. It's number, number, number three. Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Speak Away, bruv. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Speak Away, bruv. Uh, This is our third episode, and Cooper, we have something to celebrate this week because uh, just this week, for us as we're recording this, three weeks ago for the people, our first episode came out. Oh, yeah. So um, we have been uh, really enjoying uh, having people actually listening to the podcast and letting us know what they think. So uh, we'll talk about uh, a few of the reactions to the episode in a minute. But first, we've got two things to um, apologize for. Thank you to all of our viewers who uh, told us that elementary school is what primary school is called. In America, we we greatly appreciate your assistance, and uh, I I have to admit, probably the hardest thing I'll ever have to admit in my life, <laughs> Cooper was right about something. Not surprising. A little surprising. What? No. So after we uh, played our podcast for our family before it uh, released, there's a certain part of the podcast where we talk about my mum's teaching career. And she hit pause on the episode and said, um, I've been teaching for 30 years, not 26, like I, her eldest son, claimed. Mother, I, I know that you're listening to this. Possibly even outside the door. I mean, she only just left the room. Um, we've got some lovely nuggies here to eat as we're doing the podcast. Some lovely nuggies and some massive milkshakes. Mmm. Yes, arguably way too much food, but mother and all who were deeply offended by my insinuation that my mother has been working for a shorter period of time than she has, therefore making her younger in the eyes of the people. Mother, I deeply apologize and would like to acknowledge your 30 years of service. Can we all please salute the flag and... Thank her. I was right. Sure, that's another takeaway that you can have from this situation. Yep. In Brighton news, we have had some wonderful engagement from our lovely, lovely listeners. Um, Let me just have a look at what we've got. Uh, we have one comment. Good stuff on the podcast, mates. Good topic to discuss. Keen to hear more. Math is getting some heat. Math did cop some heat in our first episode. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit of heat. But, you know, as as we say, you know, math is, is very Awful. useful. Well, it's very useful, but not in, in the way that way. school teaches you how to use it. Yeah, that's the main takeaway. That is our main takeaway. We also had one of our lovely listeners listening on the ski slopes in Canada, um, which is very exciting. We've also already, um, after only a few days of this episode being out, 
We are in, let me count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight countries, Cooper. Yes, and also with the ski slope in Canada, that is a big safety hazard, especially when I'm talking because I am very funny. And very humble. Very humble he is. Very humble. Very humble. Um, We are in eight countries, Cooper. We're in Australia, obviously. We're in the United States. We're in Canada. We're in Vanuatu. Vanuatu. Yes, thank you to our listeners in Vanuatu. We're in the United Arab Emirates, the UAE. Yep. We're in Indonesia. We're in the Netherlands. And this is one I haven't told you yet because it only just popped up this morning before we started recording. We're actually in Colombia. Colombia. Wait. Yes. Colombia is in South America, Colombia. Yes. Or are we talking Columbia University in the States? No, we're talking about Colombia, the country, because, you know, I did say that we were talking about how many countries we're in. Sorry, I didn't know whether it was another country called Colombia. Okay. Well, there's not. There's, there's just the one in South America. Because there is two Georges, so, you know, it gets confusing. There's more than two Georges in the world. It's a very common name. No, as in for countries. There's only one country called Georgia. There's a country and there's a state. There's a country and there's a state. Wait, which one's the country? The one in Europe. Okay, there. That makes more sense. And the states in America. Well, I classified them both as countries. Well, that's... um, an interesting check-in, an impromptu check-in we've had from Cooper about the state of his educational journey. Um, we'll check back for more incorrect geography facts in a future episode. I'm not very good at geography. Evidently. Um, but thank you to our listeners from all over the world. Um, we're very grateful to you for uh, listening in. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll get some more uh, countries on there. Maybe someday will be in every country in the world. At this Unlikely because a lot of them don't speak English and that's really all we know how to speak. So that might be a bit of a barrier to entry for, for some countries. I guess, but then considering how many countries we've got on those stats and also how some of them don't speak English, I think that's pretty good. We might be in the world by a year. We might be. We might be, but we're, we're very grateful. There were a lot of people who reached out to us um, through, you know, official podcast channels, but also personally who've watched the show. We're very grateful to everyone who has watched the show. We're, um, we're very excited. So this week, Cooper, or rather this weekend just passed, where did we go? We went to Sydney. When you get to Sydney, you ain't never want to go home. Shout out to Muriel's Wedding, the musical. To um, be honest, that was partly true. Was it? In my case, yes. Right, okay. Well, Even well, though I love home, I did quite like Sydney. Right. Interesting. Well, we'll talk. So basically, we went for a, a three-day uh, road trip down to Sydney, which, you know, to drive from, from where we are in Queensland, it's about nine hours. So we drove down on the Friday and I worked from the back of the car because, you know, work doesn't stop just because I need to get to Sydney. Uh, and then we, we came back on Sunday. Um, now, Cooper, 
the the first thing that we have on the list of things to talk about from our trip to Sydney is is a you thing. So how about you talk about our trip to a, a certain place in Sydney that you're very fond of? Yes, exactly. So we went to Lamborghini of Sydney. So Lamborghini of Sydney is obviously a dealership in Sydney where they sell Lamborghinis. It, it's quite obvious. And so we went there and had a nice peek around the dealership. Yes, we did. And uh, took we took thousands of photos. We did. We took a few photos. I'm possibly going to put them up on our Instagram uh, when around the time that this episode is dropping. So, so have a look out for them. Yes. I uh, also had a chat with the salesman about some stuff and I managed to get some Lamborghini merch. Yes, some Lamborghini merch that you're not currently wearing. You're wearing other merch. Yes, that's because I wore my Lamborghini stuff yesterday. Oh, there you go. I also have a t-shirt and a mug. Yes, so so we went to Lamborghini first thing Saturday morning so that um, Cooper could uh, check out uh, any new cars that had been in since uh, we last went to Lamborghini, which was when... um, Cooper and the family came to visit me while I was living in Sydney last year. We spent three hours walking on one road on a rainy day. I was about to say, in the rain, yes. My umbrella broke. It was an ordeal that they went through. Luckily, I was at work, so I wasn't there. Um, so after we went to Lamborghini, Sydney, we went to one of my favourite places in Sydney. We went to Toronga Zoo. Uh, I love Taronga Zoo. Um, it is one of my favorite spots to go. If you're not familiar, Taronga Zoo is, um, along with Australia Zoo, is one of the most famous zoos in the country. Uh, it's located in a, a Sydney suburb called Mossman. It's basically up on a hill and extends all the way down the hill, down to the coast where you can hop on the ferry it's a really good view of like the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge and everything. Yes. The city. Yeah, we've got another photo there of, of us and our, our director, Declan, who is, of course, in the room with us right now, got keeping us on track. Got a lot of photos, it looks like. Possibly. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I, I think that we might post um, some of the ones from Lamborghini and then some of the ones, um, some of the ones from Taronga. Now... Before we move on, I'd just like to do a quick thing. What were your three favourite animals at the zoo that we saw? A very good question. Um, the first two are easy. Actually, all three are easy. Um, I love the gorillas. I always go and spend way too much time with the gorillas when I go to Taronga because I um, love apes. I find um, the gorillas and the chimpanzees, which would be my number two, Um, I just find them really fascinating to watch. Um, particularly there's quite a few babies in the primate enclosure at the moment, the chimpanzee enclosure. And, um, they were swinging around and they were hanging off their mums and there was, there was a fight. There was a fight. It was freaky because we were standing in this like glass box. And then all of a sudden you hear Bailey, can you make the noise? Cause you're very good at it. Thank you. We just hear that and we freak out. And then there's just a guy who swings down and punches his brother. Brother? 
I don't know what they were, but yeah, they punched the guy in the face. Yeah, they had a bit of a, a bit of a scrap. There was a s- bit of a scrap as well in the in the gorilla enclosure. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is the seals and the and the sea lions. They're just they're they're beautiful to watch because they just kind of glide through the water, and they're just they're just so majestic and they kind of just glide past the glass and um, I often find myself when I go to aquariums or or to Taronga Zoo just kind of sitting in the under the water viewing area and just kind of watching them swim for a long time I I love animals I've I've been a an animal lover for years and years ever since I was very young so I I get very entranced by by watching animals fascinating well my three favorites were obviously the chimpanzees the gorillas there was this silverback gorilla there and me and bailey absolutely love it don't Mm. we yeah he's um he's a big silverback and i think he's getting quite old because he's very very silver right down his back down his legs he's very good at posing for the people watching well he's probably been there for a lot a lot of years he was just sitting there, was he eating a stick or something? Yep, yep. And he was just eating and then he'd look over periodically at the children and then look back and keep eating. That was basically him brushing his teeth. Really? Yeah, that's how some particularly primates brush their teeth is using sticks like that because it gets all of the gunk out from between their teeth. Okay, interesting fact to know. Anyway... But instead of the sea, the sea lions and seals. Yes, I'm going for the giraffes. The giraffes are very cool at Taronga because the giraffes are at this really beautiful spot in Taronga where you C-O. you can literally catch a photo of them looking like they're standing next to the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, and it's uh a real sight to behold. Yeah, and when both times we've been to, t- well, I've been to Taronga Zoo, there's been a person there feeding them and then the big one just like walks as close as he can to the gate and then extends his neck out all the way, almost like he's looking for the food, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so cute. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, those are, those are some good picks. Um now, something that only I can talk about because um, Cooper was not present for this event. But the main reason we went down to Sydney is because uh, mum and I are big uh, theatre aficionados and uh, we really wanted to see Amadeus, which is a play um, with some operatic elements, but it's technically not an opera in this iteration at least. And it is a play about uh, Mozart and uh uh, a rival of Mozart, uh, Antonio Salieri. Um, and it's all about greed and jealousy and um, blind faith and, you know, feeling creatively inadequate. It's, um, I, I can't put into words how amazing the show was. Michael Sheen, uh, who is best known for projects like Good Omens, um, Prodigal Son, The Twilight Saga, um, The Queen, Frost Nixon. 
he plays uh, Antonio Salieri, who's the main character of the piece, and uh, Rahel Rahman, my apologies if I've mispronounced it, um, who's most recently been featured in the Apple TV series Shantaram. Um, he plays Mozart and just the acting between the two of them, it's its a masterclass. It is phenomenal. If you have a chance to see it, I know that it's almost at the end of its theatrical run in Sydney. If you have a chance to see it while it's still uh, at the Opera House, please do go. It was an amazing evening. Um, it was my first time seeing a show at the Opera House, which was uh, an amazing experience. Um, and yeah, the only thing that we have to talk about still, Creeper, from our Sydney road trip is our trip to the Big Banana. The Big Banana in Coffs Harbour. Very hard pivot from Amadeus, you know, this, this big theatrical experience to we went to a big tourist attraction, Banana. Yes, it's actually quite fascinating. It's It's really interesting because, you know, the Big Banana is this kind of iconic thing for Australian road trips. But we didn't realize that there was so much infrastructure built around it. There's laser tag. There's a whole water park. Yes. There's there's tobogganing indoors. There's all of this stuff. So you actually get to take photos with the big banana and also walk in it. And when you walk in it, there's all this like memorabilia almost. And there's a photo with just the big banana on the ground with some people and then forest behind it. So in the last probably, I'd like to say, 50 years, it's gone from just being a banana and there's now, you know, they sell things like chocolate-covered bananas. They sell, they s- have their own candy store. As you mentioned, laser tag, bumper cars. There's a 40X theatre, I believe. Correct. It's just, there's a water park, actually. I did mention that. Yeah, I'm just going back through it. But um, it's really fascinating how it's changed in so much time. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to do the drive down to Sydney because you see so much of the country and you see so many little communities. But But the interesting thing is, is that slowly... You know, and and mum equates this to, you know, the first Cars movie where Radiator Springs is kind of this derelict ghost town now because the interstate got built and the road no longer goes through the middle of town. And it's a similar kind of thing with a lot of these cities in rural um, New South Wales, like rural Australia, is that all these highways are being built to go around the cities and um, Coffs Harbour, where the Big Banana is, is the only city now that you have to go through. Can't go through. Well, y- there's a pretty much a tunnel, which pretty much means you don't go through Byron Bay anymore. And the same for Ballina, Lismore, Grafton, all of these places. And they're building one for Coffs Harbour as they're well. They're building one around Coffs Harbour, so... You know, it'll be interesting to see um, what tourism is like in towns like that uh, after that highway gets built. We really enjoyed going through um, Coffs and a few of those other little little spots that we went through. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how 
all of that is changing and how the kind of landscape of regional tourism uh, is is changing. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. So what we are going to talk about in this episode, lovely listeners, is not what we promised last week. Cooper, if you'll remember, last week we said we were going to talk about content creation. Now, we went away and we'd done some initial research on the subject, but when we sort of dug in and really looked at what we wanted to say about content creation, there was just a bit much. There was too much to say, you know, this early into the show. And I think that we would benefit more from talking about content creation a little later in our lives as content creators, you know, because we're just getting started on this podcast. We um, don't have a lot of experience. Don't know if you can tell just from, I don't know, listening to the podcast. But we want to talk today about something very different. And actually, this isn't like the other episodes of Speak Away, Bruv. Yes, everybody, we're already changing the format. There will be no tell me why at the end of this episode. Oh. I know. Shock horror. Now I can't sing it. I know. I promise that we're not getting rid of it because we got copyright striked. We've actually been quite lucky with that so far. Yes, but there is a new segment and we can sing that as well. Well, you're going to sing it. I can. The segment is a debating segment. We're going to have a debate here today. I'll tell you what the debate's going to be about in a second. But first, the theme song for this new segment. It's a showdown. It's an interesting uh, start to a segment, let's just say. Well, you know, I like the the mental image of you and I. We're about to have this, this showdown, this debate. And we're standing at opposite ends of a an old western town. Declan in the middle. Declan in the middle. He's adjudicating this fight. And I got my cowboy hat on. You got... I don't know, maybe a cowboy hat on. Don't know if you can pull off that look. Yes, I can. You know what we are? I got a gun in the holster. You know what it is? What? You're Cobb Vance. I'm Cad Bane. That's a Star Wars reference for some of you who ain't as familiar with a galaxy far, far away. Cowboy Star Wars people. Yeah. So, you got a gun. I got a gun. They're filled not with bullets, but arguments. We're going to have ourselves a good old debate here. You know what the topic of this debate here is, boyo? Why don't you tell us? The topic of this debate, I've lost the accent. I do like the accent. Maybe it'll come back later. But the topic of this debate is that winning is the goal of playing the game. That's why this episode is called The Winner's Circle. So, Cooper is arguing that winning is the goal of playing a game. In other words, 
Affirmative. Here's the affirmative team. I am the negative team. I don't think... Starting off in the best way for me. I don't think that winning is the goal of playing a game. Cooper, you are the affirmative team. You may go first. Okay, so on the affirmative side, winning motivates one to continue playing a game. So if you win, say it's a car racing game, you win a race, you want to keep racing and winning. It's how, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's how we were, what am I looking Engineered? for? Engineered? I guess you could say that. I, I don't know. Is, is that what you're trying to say? I think that's just how our brains work. We want to win. How we're wired? I guess. Winning is a primal instinct. It drives us to keep trying. Winning is often the goal in a game. We are born to pursue and achieve goals. Hence, winning is a part of our DNA, which is basically what I have just said. Our brain works out how to win and our bodies then carry out that plan. Winning in games not only motivates us to keep trying, but it motivates and inspires others who think that if we can do it, so can they. When we win, we produce more dopamine, the hormone linked to feeling good. That feeling is addictive. We experience it when we win. So we want to keep playing and keep winning. And winning in video games leads to unlocking more levels, more cars if it's a car game, items, cosmetics. Leads to unlocking more missions, that kind of thing. Is that your argument? That is mainly my argument. Okay. That is why Cooper thinks that winning is the goal of playing a game. Now, I am going to argue the opposite. Well, a version of the opposite. I'm not going to argue that winning is not a goal of playing a game, but I'm going to argue that it's not the goal of playing a game. Not all games are capable of having winners. In some games, the very act of playing is the nature of that game. Therefore, because this is the case in some examples, winning cannot be the universal goal of playing a game. For example, in Minecraft, prior to the introduction of the end and the end dragon, there was no end to that game. Sure, you could metric your own ending wherein, you know, you've got diamond armor, a house, you're all set up, but really there was no end to it. And still, even with a formal ending to the game, it's still very difficult to say that you've won Minecraft because Minecraft continues long after your fight with the end dragon, ender dragon. Now, even in games where winning is the goal, 
winning is not always the main reason you play. For example, in tic-tac-toe, the main reason to play would be to win. But when is the last time that you played a game of tic-tac-toe and got amped at the fact that you won? It's a small little game to play with someone when you're bored, when you've got nothing else to do. The act of playing it is the entertainment, is the goal, rather than trying to win it. Now, Cooper talked about unlocks in games. Now, yes, while sometimes unlocks are linked to number of wins or the amount of kills that you get, which in some games is how you metric winning, there are other games and even other challenges within those games where it's not about how many times you win. It's about how long you play for. It's about what you do while you're playing. Completely separate to winning. In the game, video game Tycoon, yes, you can try and win, but what really is winning? Is it creating a successful game studio by the end? Is it completing all of the objectives? Is it having all of the resources in your company? There's just a lot of variation in games that saying that winning is the primary goal kind of eliminates some games as games. You know, Dungeons and Dragons is one of the biggest games in the world, particularly right now. And it certainly feels like it, given all the controversy that there's been recently about the OGL systems, which we're not going to talk about here because Cooper's not interested enough in D&D to talk about it. But I didn't even know what any of that meant. Well, that's my point. That's why we're not going to talk about it. But D&D peeps know what I'm talking about. And we all know where we stand on all of that. But in D&D, sure, you can play combat heavy games where it's about beating the boss or you know defeating the evil but most D&D games you can't really look at them as winning experiences or winnable experiences rather it is all about playing with friends the same is true for Mario Party the same I would argue is true for Monopoly for Uno for Werewolf, for all of these games. Sure, winning is an element. But winning is not the goal. You can win a Jackbox game when you're playing with friends. But the goal isn't to win. The goal is to come up with some really stupid stuff and laugh with your friends. So, while, yes, Cooper has a point that winning can be important in the process of playing games, I would argue that's not the most important thing. That is a rather good argument. Why, thank you. Shall we now have more of a discussion about that argument? Why don't we? So, Cooper, what what do you think after both of those, after you've laid out your position and I've laid out mine, has your opinion on the matter, because this didn't just come out of nowhere. We discussed this and Cooper, when we did discuss it, genuinely expressed that he thought that winning was the goal of playing games. 
Is that right, Cooper? Yep. And I expressed the opposite. Cooper, having listened to, you know, obviously you've generated your own arguments and, and have your own opinion. What are your thoughts now having spoken your opinion and heard my opinion? My opinion has not changed one little bit. Right. And why do you think that is? Well, because I think that it it is mainly about women. But uh, explain that. Well, I mean, in most games it leads you to unlock stuff, you know. Our we are almost have to win. It's in our DNA that we have to win. Sure, but you know, it's in our DNA to do a lot of things. But, you know, winning, you can get winning from from other avenues in life. You know, you can win at your career and you can be making successes. You can win at gambling. You know, you can win in these other spheres of life. Sure. Why is it that winning is so, in your opinion... Why is it the goal of playing a game? You know, you sit down to play a game of Monopoly. We sit down as a family to play a game of Monopoly. Are you saying that your goal is 100% laser-focused, you've got to win? Pretty much, yeah. And you don't feel that that takes away from your enjoyment? Not really. The reason I bring up Monopoly specifically as an example is because we have played Monopoly as a family. When? Um, well, you may have repressed the memory. It was a few years ago now, around Christmas time, and you were losing so badly that you, you know, this was when you were younger, you threw quite the tantrum and stormed away from the table and refused to play anymore. Was this when it was a blackout? I believe it may have been, yes. Was this around the time they released the Grand Tour Season 3 trailer? I don't know. Because that's the last time I remember playing Monopoly. I have no idea. I don't know. I'm surprised I didn't flip the table, to be honest. Well, it was a very heavy table that we were playing on. Yes, and I'm a very strong man. No follow-up questions. Well, you were a boy at the time. I mean, arguably still now, but, you know, that's all a matter of opinion. I'm not a boy anymore. I'm a man. Batman. Yep. Right, so do you not think that because you were so focused on winning that when even the possibility of that was taken away from you, you raged and got angry and got mean you think that's good? Like, that's still your goal? Not necessarily, but it's always a goal to win. But what I'm saying is that when you go into something with the goal of winning, rather than the goal of playing, you exist in such a binary thing where, you know, if you go into a game of Uno going, I want to win, that means that only one of two things can happen. You can win or you can lose. If you go in saying, I want to play this game of Monopoly. Only one thing can happen. 
No. You played the game of Monopoly. Incorrect. If you go into a game of Monopoly and say, I just want to play this game of, of Monopoly, we've switched from Uno to Monopoly. I don't know how that's happened. If you switch your mindset to playing, you could win that game of Monopoly still. You could also lose that game of Monopoly and be okay with it because you've played. And that is the fun part of the game because also, you know, a win lasts what? A few seconds, a few minutes. A playing experience lasts for so much longer. Now, what you're talking about with the dopamine and, and the addiction you know, that's exactly right. That's how people get addicted to gambling, get addicted to drugs, get addicted to alcohol, is through that chasing that dopamine kick. So if you're chasing winning, you're chasing a momentary spike in your dopamine levels rather than enjoying the sustained burn of dopamine and the sustained kind of feeling of feeling good throughout the whole experience of playing a game. Sure, but then in my case, I don't see winning as a few minutes. I gloat about it for a very long time. Do you think that that endears you to people? What do you mean? Do you think that gloating about winning makes you more likable? Not in the olden days. When I used to do it a lot, I don't really do it that much anymore. But you still are hyper focused on winning. Yes. Interesting. See, for me, I think with with a new game, I always go through a phase of wanting to win. You know, um, I've just started playing Titanfall two again through the North Star system, and when I started playing again, I was really hyper focused on winning. But then I realized, you know, the end of the day, because I'm not dedicating the time to it that I need to in order to win, I'm kind of getting nothing out of it if I'm only seeking to win. Rather than just sitting down at night after I've had a long day at work and just playing for the sake of playing. And that's why I've been really enjoying single player games lately. You know, I've been playing God of War. I've just started playing High on Life, which... Very interesting game. And I've just found that I've gotten a lot more enjoyment out of playing rather than trying to win. So that's also what happened to me when I started playing D&D. I was trying to win. I was trying to be the best. But as soon as I started just playing to play, I actually started getting really good to the point where, you know... How does one win D&D? But I was making, at least in, you know, the the combat-heavy campaigns or games that I was playing, I was making the most optimal choices because I was focused on playing. Whereas when I'm in, you know, more of a narrative-focused game, I don't always make those those efficient choices. I make the best choices for my character in the moment. You know what I mean? Kind of but your opinion still hasn't changed. 
Oh, God, no. Very interesting. Well, I guess that, you know, if if we look at it, that just means that on this podcast, we have kind of two ways. There are, there are two different kinds of people for this podcast. There are winners, and that's Cooper's people, and there are players, and they're my people. Well, technically, we're both players. You're just... They're just two different types of players. No, but you're a winner. That's a type of player. No, but specifically, we're talking about defining somebody by their objective. Your objective is winning. My objective is playing. You win to play. You play to win. I win when I play. You've heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. I'm a player. He wins to play. No, I win because I play. Okay, sorry, he worded that wrong. Did I? I probably did. I don't know. Well, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that we've gotten to the end of that. Can we do these ones more often? I like these ones. I do quite like like this debate style, you know? It's it's very different. And Declan has barely interjected at all. I expected him to really, you know, jump on your pronunciation of some things. Oh, and now he's started frowning at you. Uh-oh. That might be because he's going to make me cut some of your stuff out. Uh-oh. Red card. Red card. Red card on you. Well, I think this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode this week. We've done our debate. That's kind of the main thing that we wanted to do. And um, we're kind of saving up some goodwill with the audience because I think next week might be a bit of a longer episode. Next and week might be a very interesting episode. A lot of dying on my end. I think that next week is going to be, you know, this week is is a bit of a filler week, to be honest. Um, although I do think that we've found a really interesting topic to talk about and I think we're going to be it's going to be a running trend throughout this podcast you know our players and our winners but interestingly enough we're doing a game next week on the show and it's a game where you can't win so I don't know I'm if gonna Cooper's figure out a way to win Cooper's going to try and figure out a way to win but we're going to do a game it's a challenge and it's an improv challenge Basically, what we're going to do, we're going to go away um, and Cooper is going to come up with some characters and some situations based off voices that I do and accents and and characters that I have in my Mm -hmm. kind of catalogue of voices that I do. And I'm going to go away and come up with some situations for Cooper. Um, And if, if that sounds a little confusing... We'll explain it in a little more detail uh, in the next episode. We're kind of going to write up a bit of a rule set. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the episode, Cooper. Now, it, of course, is the farewell, which means it's time to do an accent. And it's my turn to do an accent. Your turn to give me one. Assign me an accent. Oh, he's not going to like this. Oh, no. It's French. No, just kidding. <laughs> Oh, no. No, it isn't. When I was explaining to Cooper how we were going to do this improv game, I used French as my example. And the problem with my French 
is that recently because the new Puss in Boost movie is coming out and I really want to see it, every time I try and do a French accent, it just ends up sounding like Antonio Banderas from Puss in Boots. Now I know that this is not a French accent. It is Spanish. But for some reason, every time I try and speak French, I sound like this. Yes, so I've got a different one. And it is? I would like you to channel your inner Patty McGuinness for a Bolton accent. Oh, no. You bloody bugger. Can you do an example of a Bolton accent for me, Cooper? Because you know I'm not good at this one. My best accent. Hello, mate. You absolute clown. All right, No likey, no lighty. <laughs> All righty, mate. So, it has been a wonderful episode. No, I'm going <laughs> Scottish and Welsh and Irish all at the same time, but I can't do... I really can't do this Bolton one. Cooper has you been... Clone! Cooper has been obsessed with this Bolton accent ever since he heard Paddy McGuinness from the new Top Gear use it. And honestly, it's unnerving how good he is at it. But I cannot get my ear around it. Yeah. Me and Paddy McGuinness are almost one in this equation. I'm very good at his accent. You clown. You clown. No, that's... I can't, I can't even get you clown. You sound like you're saying clone it. You clown. Come on, you clone. You clone. It almost does sound like clone. Come on, you clone. A little bit worse. Come on, you clown. You clown. That's kind so weird. This is almost like... Can you give me another one, please? I can't do that one. Fine. But you're going to have to do it next week, so you've got to practice. No, because that's not the thing next week. The thing is you have to take my accents that I am good at. Well, too bad I'm going to give you it. No, I'll edit it out. That's mean. Uh, let's see. What have we done? We've done I, South London. I've done South London. You've done Russian. Hmm. What about Italian? You want me to do the Italiano? Perfecto. I can do the Italiano. Well, my friends, my wonderful, wonderful friends, I've gone a little bit Romanian, <laughs> a little bit kind of Count Dracula. My friends, it has been a delight to experience this podcast with you today. My name is Bailey, and my friend, my brother, is Cooper, and we... Would you like to say something, young one? You're slightly going a bit puss and boots now. I'm going a little bit all over the place. I'm not very good at the Italian. Uh -huh. What was that? <laughs> now I'm going really Romanian. Now I sound like Count Dracula. It almost was French and Italian put together, what I just did. Yeah, it was... Either way, it was culturally insensitive. Which is wh what mine is, kind of, as well. But uh, 
my friend, my brother, that, Cooper. That's Puss in Boots. My friend, my Why brother. Why don't I just give you Puss in Boots? Go for it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Puss in Boots. And this is my brother, Humpty Dumpty. You sat on the wall and had a great fall. Yeah, that probably explains my broken wrist. That is exactly right. You have hurt yourself. You've cracked like little egg. I went a little Russian on that one. My friends, I bid you adieu until next week. Goodbye! So he fades the final shout-outs. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, everybody. We are just getting started, so we'd really appreciate if you could follow the podcast so that you can hear our future episodes as they release. And if you can rate or leave a review, that would be amazing. We're going to try and post an episode every week. Uh, We'll see how we go with that one as we're starting up. If you want to follow us for updates and any funny musings on social media, you can find us on Instagram at Podcast. If you want to get in contact with us to tell us about your opinion on something we've discussed in today's episode or request a future topic of conversation, you can either DM us on Instagram or email us. Our email is speakawaybruvpodcast at hotmail.com. We want to hear you speak away, bruvs. So we'll catch you soon, listeners.